Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. From 104.5 The Zone, this is the Midday 180. Delivered by Edley's Barbecue. With Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. And we are live from A Moment's Peace Salon and Day Spa. Click, buy, and print gift certificates of any increment, boutique specials, and more. Amomentspeace.com slash zone. Amomentspeace.com slash zone. As we begin the second half of the show, you're hitting your lunch break. You're out and about. You're Christmas shopping. That's what Claire's doing today. She's working a half day nice. and then devoting the rest of her day to Christmas shopping. Well, she should swing by a Moment's Peace Salon and Day Spa. Claire, I look good in green. <laughs> There's a nice green shawl. Shawl over there, yeah. yeah really. I'm not a shawl guy. <laughs> really, really caught our eye. Yeah, but you're cold, so we could, that could help you today. We just we'll wrap up. We'll bundle up Paul here at a moment's peace on a day spa. A momentspeace.com slash zone for everything, including great gift ideas for the office. If you got a staff and you're looking for something cool this holiday season, or you're looking for a stocking stuffer, a momentspeace.com slash zone. Give someone an experience. The experience of relaxation with that gift card. 615-224-0770 is the number. 9050 Crothers Parkway is where we're located. Jacksonville is not a very good hotel town. And it is not. You could take the word hotel out of that. Well, yeah. But I'm going specifically to (laughs) a a hotel. Not a very good town. I'm going specifically to a hotel story, Chadwick. All right. Um, The Marriott situation is not good. You could stay at like a courtyard or a Fairfield on the airport. But you've graduated strip. past that. That's well, what you're there's nothing going on. Not that I need anything going on, but I'd like to, you know, I'd like to not have the heat, you know, controlled over by the knobs on the heater under the window. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd like a notch better than that. Though some courtyards are better than that now. The full service uh, Marriott, Hutton will attest, is it's way out of the way and it's, the lowest end full service Marriott. It is in in an NFL city, and um, again to, to echo what Paul's saying, the downtown hotel situation is <laughs> is poor. Is poor. it the thing across the river from the stadium? Is that the Marriott? No. When it's, I went, it's not near the. When stadium. I went to the Tax Slayer Bowl, there we stayed at a hotel right on the other side of the river from the stadium. That it was a Sheridan or a, a Marriott, I thought. So I was deciding what to do. I didn't make a reservation until couple days before the game and i went on uh, you know usually i stay at the courtyard down at jacksonville beach mm-hmm. but we stay you know it's a half an hour away from the stadium we stay there generally a couple of us so there's an irish pub there that's great i think it's shut down for covid these are not irish pub times um you know, it's not quite beach weather this late in the in the season and then it's a haul to the stadium and then it's a haul to the airport so it's not really worth it staying there. So I'm usually making one of these decisions. The beach is the best option, but the reasons to stay at the beach were not existent for this trip. So I get on, I look, and lo and behold, there's a Marriott property that's actually like four miles from the stadium down by the 
down by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> um, so I decide I'm going to take a flyer. Beautiful St. John's River. And I thought maybe it's a new property, but actually it's like a revamped property. But it's fine. It's like right between the lesser courtyards and the full uh, and a regular full service Marriott. And it was fun. They need a name for this. If they have the Fairfield well, this the was courtyard, called, this was called River Bend. So it's like a hotel that maximum, they took, sec- that maximum they, security that they took over. <laughs> River Bend. It was it was fine. It's a, a a place that's not a Marriott property that Marriott took over. Gotcha. A Bonvoy Bonvoy Hotel. So I get there at about seven thirty on Saturday night, and of course I'm looking to see what college football's on and what else is on. I start flipping around on the TV, and they've got some, and I'm anti. Dish, oh, all dish. But I start flipping around, and uh, I get to NBC, and it says, yeah, uh, this station's not available because the, uh, contract. The, the, the contract is in dispute. There's a blackout. I go, well, uh, that's a problem because Sunday night football is on NBC, and I'm going to be in this room looking for Sunday night football tomorrow night. It's a good game. Good game or bad game, I need to be watching that game. And then uh, I get to Fox. That's on. And they've got MLS Cup, which I'm content to watch MLS Cup. And then I get to CBS, and that's on. That's good. Then I get to ABC, and this channel's in dispute. <laughs> so two of the four big channels are in dispute. Now, this is, to me, a significant thing that should be. North Florida having a hard time paying their bills, <laughs> Yeah, apparently. This, to me, is a significant dispute that two of the four major networks are not available in this hotel, I think. That should come up when you're making a reservation. <laughs> or it should be really reflected in the price. You call in to make the reservation, and they have to tell you, read from a script, and say, yeah. we should inform you that currently our local cable system is not great. I mean, I think this Two is... Two of the four networks are not available. This is somewhere on par with no hot water. <laughs> right? It's a pretty big gaffe. Yeah. Because that is a base-level expectation when you go to a hotel, that you can watch... The network, ESPN. It had ESPN. There's all, it's always touch and go. You know, you go somewhere in the SEC network, for instance. I might want to watch a college basketball game or yep. the Super right. Bowl or whatever. I'm not the and I know I'm probably not getting that. And I'll go and log well, in. I might get it in Jacksonville. I sure as hell I'm, I'm not getting right. it in Indy. Columbia, Missouri, where we're going to stay on our drive up to Nebraska. That's always <laughs> hit or miss. Right. It's an SEC state and an SEC town, technically. But there's nothing SEC about Columbia, Missouri. Now, so you never really. Know. So I overcome this objection because uh, Comcast, which I have a lot of issues with, actually has a great app, and I can basically watch my home TV on my iPad, which is what I proceeded to do. I watched MLS Cup, which I enjoyed, despite the fact that it was a blowout, and um, then I watched Sunday Night Football on my iPad because I can basically watch my home TV. On my thing. Now, I've got a giant screen hanging right above me, and instead I've got my iPad on this little stand. you got a Hallmark channel. That's pretty much it in right. Jacksonville. So I'm eating my It's a, my it's a Holly Dolly Christmas. It's on the main TV. <laughs> so Sunday Night Football <laughs> is on the laptop. Well, I actually, it's funny because I had lighting issues. <laughs> so the light wasn't great on the desk area, so I turned the TV on for light. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I muted it, and then I had my little uh, iPad TV on, and I watched Sunday Night Football on my iPad. But in order to see my food, I needed the TV light. Turn the TV on for I light. I had braised short rib that was very tasty. Nice. Kirby's over here looking for something on Paul's laptop. Kirby an Kirby. HDMI cable, and you could have taken that tablet and slapped yeah, it on care. that I don't carry app. an HDMI cable because I expect my damn TV to have network, t- <laughs> network stations. 
You expect that ABC Kirby, and NBC Kirby, will be in the Kirby hotel. Kirby travels like he's going to Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you're talking to a man who owns 47 rolls of tape. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Do you travel with that tape? I, I, did you call the front desk and say anything to them? I, I just, I laugh at someone. Yes, do you have the national broadcasting company on this television? <laughs> No, no but, we currently don't have that. So usually, what about the American Broadcasting Company? That's also <laughs> no, not available. No, no, that's also not, no. a contractual dispute. Usually you get... Um, we do have the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> usually you, that you get a survey. A great after, procedural murder show on tonight. Usually you get a survey. Um, Storm of suspicion. <laughs> usually you get a survey after the fact, and I will say... Uh, I was disgusted by the lack of two of the major four networks, and then they'll give me extra points. <clears throat> And I always want extra points. A friend is telling me, keep in mind, you can watch all national games and whatever's on the local market on the NFL app. So I could have done that if my Comcast app wasn't working. So many hacks out there. But again, on I, I would on just prefer to have the television screen. work. Yes, right. I want the big screen experience. Call, call us old-fashioned that way. We'd like for the network to be on the TV. <laughs> well, that's happened here. But no, that's happened here with the Channel this. 2 and Channel yeah. 5. I will with other... say this. Uh, for uh, all I hear about satellite TV, never has Comcast not had a channel because it's in a dispute with somebody. Comcast uh, always has the channel. I feel like they've been in dispute before. Not with any big network that hurt uh, them. I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd have to research this further. But I feel like Comcast. I've been a, a Comcast too. guy my entire life, and I've never not had access to Dish Network. The American has the most company, disputes. The more Central so than Broadcasting Company. Any of the major networks I've always had. I feel Dish, like, Dish is always fighting. Dish is a big. There, there's always a battle to be fought with Dish. Always They've all, they're always in a battle. Can't with someone. we just have peace? <laughs> they're looking for a fight. Yeah. Yes. They're oh, like, who? Oh, you want oh, that charge? All? all right. Well, dispute. <laughs> they're, like, hey, they're like, currently we have all the networks. What can we do to piss off our customers? Like, oh, who, it, who can we fight with? You, you want to dispute? Oh, you watching the screen right now? No. Flick. Oh. Oh, how about now? <laughs> you still want to charge us more per television set? We'll, we'll charge us more? Right up. We'll, we'll take keep it right going. Up. You want We're Fox gonna... off too? I'll take Fox off. See that rug right there? We'll pull that right out from under your feet. Oh, Lifetime wants to get cute? You're out too. Yeah. Dispute, Paul. You need Hallmark. It's a good month to fight with Hallmark. If, Everybody's watching those Christmas. If only movies. Kirby were available, you could just call him over, and he would he would be able to rig up uh, whatever just you want on the HDMI TV. Cable. That's all, That's you, all need. you need. He'd have it. Yeah. He's got one in his bag. He's carrying that. I, I've seen the guy pack for the road. He can't have that many damn cables. <laughs> cable for every situation. Tape for every situation. That's all good. You got to get a FedEx to you, and by the time it gets to me by FedEx, guess what? Game's over. <laughs> I'm Six, on my flight home. One five, seven three seven one zero four five. Our number. I don't know why I just thought of this when you're talking about the the FedEx or something coming in, but did you see that Vladimir Putin sent a telegram to congratulate Joe Biden? <laughs> I heard oh, that. I was cool. like, people still send telegrams. Well, we we've wrapped up his electronic stuff so tightly now they can't, can't it, get through anymore. Was the Morse code <laughs> machine not available for this message? The, te 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 the telegraph was funny to hear. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We will continue the Titans discussion. Derrick Henry and the success that he's having, along with the success in the passing game and the team being able to capitalize on what they're doing offensively with some improvement on defense. Midday 180, delivered by Edley's Barbecue, 104.5 The Zone.
Midday 180, delivered by at least barbecue. Glad you're with us today. 615-737-1045. Our number, Ryan Albany, doing a fantastic job making the show happen for us. David Reed, hopefully back soon. Kirby Allen Kirby here on location. Ryan Albany's has done exceptional work for us. Great job by him. I want to echo what Hutton just said. So, Titans offense putting up incredible numbers. Numbers we've never seen before. If this defense can steadily improve and just just get to average, they can do some damage in the postseason. Christian Fulton being activated today. That's one step towards that, you would hope. He wasn't great when uh, when we last saw him. We didn't see a lot of him. So... And when we did, we, we saw him in the nickel, and now you would think he's playing more outside, which is what he primarily played at LSU. Yeah, has to play outside now. The, yeah. the plans have been scrambled by Desmond King's acquisition, and that was a great acquisition. Um, yes. and he's a guy that's settled down one spot on the field, and, and that spot's not in question now. The other And Butler's spot's not in question. Right. So it, it's all about the other spot. And Borders, you know, in some games was was fine, but he's not a turn-and-run guy. Um, you know, he was exposed by the Browns, you know, who wisely attacked him. Other teams haven't attacked him the same way, either out of uh, stupidity or uh, lack of, of capability. I would say uh, lack about, of time, but it's not like the Titans are hurrying. You're talking about Borders? Yeah. Well, border, you know, Borders played well in Indy, I thought. And then came back and did not play well against Cleveland. Now he's on IR. So no one played particularly well against Cleveland, though. Yeah, yeah. no one's going to attack him on injured reserve. Right. So now you're to Ty Smith. Um, so you would think Fulton, you know, if he's ready to go, and you'd hope he'd be ready to go now after the three week ramp up, um, replaces Smith, who replaced Borders. Yeah, I wonder if we see Darrington Evans this week too. You know, we, we had the debate last week about what they were going to do at running back. And then they deactivated both Deontay Foreman and Darrington Evans. They said it was all about special teams, and they decided they didn't need either of those guys. And then McNichols got a lot of uh, work once Henry got a, his 200. Small moment in that game that ended up not being down. important at all, but running Jeremy McNichols yeah. on the fourth down was odd. Very, very strange. And that was when the game was, what, still 7-3 to three no close. at couple, that point? A couple things about that play where I offer a little, bit of, a little bit of forgiveness. He was on the field the previous play, and they were trying to run it fast to not allow for substitutions. And then for some reason, and Vrabel said this yesterday, the officials stood over the ball and allowed substitutions, which I think they deserve an explanation for. Secondly... Uh, and I know you can say, well, Derrick Henry wouldn't necessarily need the block. Saffold missed a block, and if he makes uh, his block, uh, McNichols gets it easily around the around the left edge there. Thirdly, it turned into enough of a blowout that it absolutely <laughs> yeah. didn't didn't. Thirdly, matter. it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, but the aggressive mentality. Vrabel also said. I'm asking these guys to play fast and confident, and I'm going to call the game that way. Fast and confident. And that was a fast and confident call. I, I, I would prefer on a fourth down, unless it's a sneak, 
where you're rushing right, the line to right. sneak it quickly, just make sure you get a good play call in, even if it means taking your time. Because that was a, a what, fourth and three, fourth two. and two? Fourth and two. Yeah, I'd rather have a good play call in. It didn't matter, though. I mean, <laughs> to your point, we joke, but you could actually work on some things against Jacksonville this week. I mean, that was, that was a game to do it. You don't really have those games in the NFL, but that was one where they could get away with it. Marshall Newhouse, more snaps now this season than Isaiah Wilson. I didn't count him, but he was in for at least a series, which was longer than three snaps. Um, so going back to Darrington Evans, I, I saw where the media, I think the majority of the ones retweeting it were in, in Jacksonville, but I'm sure some are not. But I, pregame, I'm saying, <clears throat> around 1030, where they were retweeting something Evans put out like, thankful for this opportunity today or something like that. I, I took that to mean he was under the impression he was going to play going to the stadium. And then they deactivated him. Yeah. I, I don't know that he knew uh, or he misinterpreted what information he had. Because the retweets were like, Darrington Evans set to make, you know, his next appearance today, you know, based on that comment, right? Yeah. And again, just an assumption, but... On game day, if a player's coming off of injured reserve and he's available and he tweets that, <laughs> the anticipation is we're going to see him. I'd say there's no reason not to put him at kick returner. The thing is that he wouldn't outright replace Batson because Batson's doing you know things on offense. So Batson's got to be up for offense. So it's not a straight replacement. Right. It would still be an additional spot. What do you think about Tajay Sharp being available? It's a, a player that would know the offense, a player that played a, a nice role for this group last year as a fourth receiver. Now, you can say Batson is doing enough with how they're integrating him within the offense to be okay right now, but Adam Humphreys is on injured reserve. They have an opportunity to claim Tajay Sharp, who was waived yesterday by Minnesota. Do you expect... Um, do you expect... Humphreys to be okay after his three weeks. That would be a factor for me. Also, I'm more interested in Kenny Stills. If you could get Kenny Stills sometime in the next couple weeks for more than this year, I'd really be interested in that. Uh, Why has that been such a slow play? I don't know, but that'd be a proactive move now that could help offset Corey Davis. Yeah. Um, now maybe he's just going to sit tight and and wait for free it's, agency I, I, next year. And I'm not saying they they have to have that guy today, but you have to. And I'm not saying they're they're not doing this, but you have to. Every team has to think ahead for that either the COVID situation or the injury situation where you're going to the next guy up. And this year, it's not like you bring him in for a tryout on a Tuesday and he's at practice on a Wednesday. So you have to you have to think two or three weeks ahead of a guy you're bringing in to get that process going. But in this case, you would be claiming the player immediately instead of just bringing in for a tryout. But yeah. if you're claiming a player that you know. Yes. I still think you'd be waiting for him, uh, you know, till next week. Uh, but you're not in an urgent need of, of Tajay Sharp. I mean, the guy runs good routes. He was productive for you. Um, he's going to come in and stay in his lane. We know that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, 
He, had, tell, he was targeted. Tell me to stay in mind. You know how many times he was targeted in Minnesota this year? Like three. Yeah, three times. Zero catches. Hey, ding, 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 ding. Three, three targets, zero catches. He's been inactive. Wow. He was inactive in week three against the Titans. I mean, they signed him and then they drafted over him. Mm-hmm. But, so it really worked out like they wanted it to work out, right? They signed him, then they drafted over him, then the guys they drafted over him performed. And so they didn't didn't need him. Um, so that takes care of that. So you don't see the rush to go grab Tajay Sharp right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I'd be more I'd be more surprised if they did than if they don't. I think it's an you? interesting addition. I think it'd be an interesting addition too, but they're not because it's some often. security for the position in case a guy you know, AJ Brown. He's he's tough and he's durable, but he's also he's been banged up. And I'm not saying Tajay is AJ Brown. They're not going to be able to replace him. But you need numbers. No, and you he's don't need, not. He's you don't not need active. Westbrook Aquina. Is my I think is what I'm getting to. Yeah, I agree with that. But they like him. But I, I they like Westbrook Aquina. But they it, do. They don't have to like him now. They like him for later. Um, and certainly Westbrook Aquina. If somebody goes down, I'd rather have Tajay Sharp than Westbrook Aquina. And he only had a handful of catches last year, what, 20 catches. But that was enough production. Sharp, yeah, that was 20, enough. Per- 25, and I think what, he had four a, touchdowns. Four, yeah, four touchdowns. So it was more than Corey Davis last year. As many. I think Corey had four touchdowns last year. Chad, let's switch gears for a brief moment. I want to ask you about Harrison Bailey. Okay. So Harrison Bailey started seven for seven this past week against Vanderbilt, and they made the change. And we knew that they were going to go with this dual quarterback situation. But seven for seven, the observations that I had were that they they had an offensive rhythm and they had that going whenever he was seven for seven and they removed him from the game. How did, how did you feel when they made the change? And would you have liked to see more of Harrison Bailey this past Saturday? I, I felt... Terrible about I mean, it. when they knew, made the change. We because, knew it was happening, though. Yeah, he was. He did exactly what was asked of him to start the game. The fumble was not a fumble. It was an incomplete pass. It was a terrible call. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible review. I, I have. I would want an explanation from the SEC office if I'm Tennessee on that one. I, I, I don't understand that. And I, I didn't hear a lot of fight even from Bandy fans thinking that was a fumble. On it, it is, certainly looked like a, a pass, uh, an incomplete pass. So is the thought process that they're putting J.T. Shrout in in order to try to make J.T. Shrout happy and no, I th- and, and feel I, as though he's in contention to be the starter next year? I think he's in contention to be the starter next year. I mean, I, I think they honestly do not know what they have. They don't. I mean, I, I think that they're trying people out in games to see what they have. They're big on practice habits and how you practice and all this, and they, they think that J.T. Shrout has done a good enough job in practice to give him a shot in games. I thought J.T. Shrout was okay other than just the awful decision on the one interception. Yeah. He throws the ball really well. The problem is he threw 25 interceptions in one season in high school. He threw an interception on his first attempt wow. in a game this year against Kentucky and didn't see the field again until the Florida game. So that's his problem is he throws the he ball in harm's way. He threw 25 in one season? He threw 27 touchdowns and 25 interceptions his senior year in high school in California. He was throwing, I saw the stat, he threw a, an interception out of every 15 attempts would be intercepted. <laughs> 
It, I mean, it, they didn't run at that's all. That's against high school defense. Yeah, they didn't run at all. And that was just a terrible decision. Just throw the ball away. He's scrambling to his left and throws against his body. Easy interception for Vanderbilt on that one. And what Harrison Bailey brings to the table so far, guy doesn't make big mistakes. You know, he, he gets them in the right play. He makes the right read most of the time. He's not. He's very conservative, and that's probably just a product of not being familiar with the offense as much because of the lack of preparation going into the season. But I, I like the way Harrison Bailey played. I, I think Bailey and Shrout both could be better than Jared Garantano. Mm-hmm. And I hope Shrout stays for Tennessee State sake to have that depth. I don't think he's the starter a year from now. I think it's probably Bailey if I had to pick. Something else Bailey possesses, really good pocket awareness. I agree. There were a number of times he had a couple nice runs where it's quick pressure, he steps up, he sees the lane, he goes and gets seven yards, 15 yards, picks up a first down. He's got a good, and if you even go back and watch his film in high school, he had a really good ability to sense pressure around him and move just a bit to give him a little bit more time to to let a receiver get open. So we can say that COVID cost them the opportunity to to have Bailey ready to begin the season. But in the limited action that he's received, we know, look, his arm's not elite. But you don't have to have an elite arm in in college football to be successful. I think the critical element, Chad, you pointed it out just there. I think the critical element for Harrison Bailey that we've noticed, he has comfort. And there's a strong IQ, a quarterback IQ that Garantano just never possessed. I think that he could be a Casey Clawson type quarterback for this program. I think that's the, the upside with Harrison Bailey. Is he elite physically? No. You talked about the arm. His deep pass isn't there yet. He was better at pushing the ball down the field in this game, and he was given more opportunities to do so. Still missed a guy that would have been a touchdown on, on a post pattern. Yeah. At one point, he's been overthrowing the deep ball. J.T. Shrout is probably more accurate, especially down the field right now. But when you look at both those guys, I think what Harrison Bailey brings to the table is, for the, 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 the savviness that he brings to the game for a freshman is pretty impressive. And starting seven for seven and pulling him out of the game, look, I get that you want to play both guys. That wasn't the time in, in that moment. Just was not the time. Going into the game, we, we said and we acknowledged that they wanted to play both players. We knew that. But we said, don't, don't just insert the, the quarterback at a predetermined time in the game. Oh, Let the rhythm the and flow of the game ever. dictate when you're doing it, not the other way around. It, it ended up, there was a rhythm to their offense, and they pulled Bailey. It ended up, so they scored the three touchdowns and go up 28-10 at halftime. It, it didn't matter in the end, but you think about that moment. They have the crazy bad call and the fumble. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee and Harrison Bailey, 7-for-7, seven seven, he's driving for a touchdown. They're down around the 10-yard line at that yep, point. Yep. Getting, they're in the red zone. Turnover, Vandy gets a big return the other way. They end up going down and kicking a field goal. They get a big pass play. I remember on the first play of that series, they go up 10-7. to If you remember, so then J.T. Shrout comes in. Tennessee maybe got one first down but ends up having to punt. That's when the fake punt occurred to Henry Toto for the big gain on the fake punt. And then Tennessee ended up still punting because they didn't get a first down of that. So J.T. Shrout comes in, doesn't move the team. They're punting back to Vandy. Down 10 to 7, second quarter, and then Bryce Thompson gets the pick six and the game's over. And that's when it started going Tennessee's way. But 
Think about that decision and in that moment when J.T. Shrout stalls the offense where Harrison Bailey was moving it, could have been a lot worse for Tennessee. If Vandy does anything with that possession instead of the pick six that flipped the game, you know, we could be talking about it a little bit differently. Tennessee approached this game like a scrimmage. Don't interrupt Flo, no matter if it's a scrimmage or not, with right. the quarterback change. Don't right. interrupt Flo. And now Wait we- until things are going great, then, then make it, if you have to make it. We can debate whether or not it's wise for a team that was riding a six-game losing streak to play any opponent like a scrimmage, but that's what Tennessee did, and they still won by 25. That, that, that looked to me like we're going to work on a lot of things in this game. I remember another game they played like a scrimmage, that they prepared for like a scrimmage. You love when I bring it up. It didn't go so well. Well, that's all you bring up. Yeah, I mean, that's your That's, that's all you bring go-to. to the Tennessee conversation that's is your, Georgia State. That's your standard go-to. I brought a lot more than that to the Tennessee conversation this year. Like? I've been a part of the Tennessee conversation all year this year. All you can have, all you offer is Georgia State. I mean, look, the Georgia State game was, was bad. It was bad. And it factors into whatever decision is going to be made on Jeremy Pruitt. But they, they, again, looking at this year and this team, they had a six-game losing streak, and they treated Vandy like it was a scrimmage. That, that shows you the state that Vandy's in right now more than anything else, right? Well, I mean, they, they were very confident going into that game. There, there's another, to me, there, I admit going into this next segment, this is overreaction as I'm watching the game and a win by 25 over Vandy. But there's another glaring issue that deserves some conversation about Tennessee's talent when we come back. 615-737-1045, our number. Midday 180, delivered by Adley's Barbecue, 104.5 The Zone. Live from a Moment's Peace Salon and Day Spa, momentspeace.com slash zone for those great Christmas gift ideas, Chad. It's easy. We like easy around here. Just get a gift card to a Moments Peace Salon and Day Spa. Get it for your office. Get it for your wife. Get it for your mom. Whoever's on your list, they're going to love it. So I'm watching the I'm watching the game against Andy, and I realize part of this is overreaction, but part of this is <laughs> he's got to win next year to keep his job. Yes. And so I'm they're playing Vandy. And I was looking for, you know, your Chad's favorite saying, Paul, is bring me dudes. How many dudes are out there playing for Tennessee right now? Bryce Thompson's a dude. Elante Taylor's a dude, even though he's been hurt this year. There's not enough on the defensive line. I mean, that's where I think they're, they're severely lacking. I think Henry Toto is a dude. I don't know yet about Quavaris Crouch and Jeremy Banks could be dudes but they seem so confused. And that's a big problem with Jeremy Pruitt's defense, Hutton, is that it takes guys that seem like they have the ability and confuses them to the point where they're not playing fast. He's got to simplify things at times. There's too many penalties where guys are coming off the field, substitution, you're calling timeout on defense. There's guys that don't seem to be in, in position at times. That's where I don't know how many dudes are on this team. I think Jalen Hyatt could be a dude. I think Valus Jones is a dude that they didn't use all year in the last two games. I don't don't get that. I don't understand how he can be the focal point of your passing attack in the last two games, two of the last three games of the season. He has a little swagger. What was he doing before that? Yeah, and he's just non-existent the rest of the way. 
He was so, targeted like 12 times all year, and he was targeted 14 times the last two weeks. So consider that Jeremy Pruitt's going into a make-or-break year, and whenever he was hired, it was going to be, okay, he's going to recruit talent but also develop the talent. So he's going into a critical offseason where he didn't have one last year due to the what's going on with the pandemic. He's going to an offseason this year with his job on the line where he's going to have to take the talent and then have a big step forward. Because roster-wise, 1 through 60, 1 through 65, where does Tennessee match up talent-wise with Auburn, A&M, or LSU right now? Because that's what it's going to take to save his job. Yeah. They have to play to that level. It doesn't have to be an Alabama level, but he can't have the stretch run of losing six in a row again. It can't even come close to that. Whatever he was able to accomplish with Nigel Warrior, Daniel Batuli, Juwan Jennings, yes. Marquez Calloway, those guys that got better under Jeremy Pruitt's watch than they were getting under Butch Jones's watch, he's got to do that with guys he recruited. That's been the problem. Guys going from freshman to sophomore year didn't get any better, and in some cases got worse. He needs this promising freshman class, which I believe there's some promise in that freshman class even on the offensive line and defensive line. He's got to get those guys getting better. Is there Tyler a, Barron needs to be a defensive playmaker a year from now. But those example. guys aren't going to step up and be a Jawan Jennings alpha dog. Who's that guy? Who's the junior that's turning into that player? I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't name one guy on the team that's that. The hope is that that's you've got... That's a big got, open hole to me. The hope is that you've got some of these freshmen that will do this as a sophomore. And I'll, I'll bring it up. Tyler Barron is a great example. He's gotten playing time this year. He looks pretty good, and he's only going to get better. You need a kid like that who's from Knoxville to go out there and be an alpha dog. Henry Toto can be that guy. They're going to need to get him the ball on offense, too, is what you saw in that. I mean, that, that's, he's got a pick six, and when they threw it to him on a fake punt, looked pretty good. Yeah, he was he a high school running back. You've got to get creative with the talent that you have and put them in spots to succeed. I don't know who that guy is. They don't have that guy in the senior class. Trey Smith is a good leader by example. He's not a vocal guy. So I don't know who that's going to be for Tennessee. And it's, we don't know what, if Philip Former's made up his mind or not. We're all assuming that Jeremy Pruitt's back. We don't know. But if Jeremy Pruitt is going to sit down with Philip Former, which he will when the season's over, and he's trying to tell Philip Former what went wrong, and what his plan is. I, I think, honestly, if I'm Philip Fulmer, it's as important to hear from Jeremy Pruitt where he screwed up as much as what his plan is to get better. I, I, need, I need him to realize that this is where I failed, right? It cannot be a stubborn, well, we missed all these practices, and we just got guys that were out of position at different times. for whatever. It's got to be on you. You've got to say, this is where we messed up this year. This is where I'll fix it. This is where the staff will fix think it. He's got These that, are the adjustments you know? that, I, that I have to make. He adjusted from a media perspective. He was totally different in year two and three than he was the first year. So if he could do that, I would think he could adjust, but he's going to have to. He had a great answer on ball calls last week and pulling up the transcript. He was asked from a caller, if you could go back in any game this year and replay it, what game would it be and what mistakes would you fix? That's the type of question you want Philip Fulmer to ask him. Yes, absolutely. His response. That's a great question. Probably, I just look at the last one because I'm most familiar with it. He's talking about the Florida game. There's probably a couple of things in that game that we would like to have back. If you look at the last minute and 38 seconds go until halftime, we had them third and 12, and they ran a corner route. We were playing cover two. 
We have a call where we get the players to line up exactly on the first down marker instead of dropping to it. That would be one thing that I wish we could have back. So he's going to a specific moment in the minute 38. And then he says, really, if you look, the first drive of the second half, there was a play where Florida put a formation into the boundary, and we had a call that we made, the formation into the boundary check, where we were playing middle field coverage. We talked about changing that at halftime, and we didn't because we didn't feel like we needed to do it because of what our players knew and what we had practiced. But if we would have changed that call at halftime like we wanted to, we probably would have kept them out of the from creating an explosive play there on the second play of the second half. That's great. I mean, that's that's what you want to hear. Those are specific examples of just going with the change at halftime, even though you haven't worked on it during the week. And if they make the call and it's executed properly, you're keeping them out of the end zone and you avoid the 14-point 14, 14 swing right before half and the begin of the second half. Let's go deeper there. That's the level of though. detail you want to hear, though, right. if you're Philip Fulmer. But you got to have players that you're willing to make that change with, even if you didn't practice the thing. They should conceptually be able to understand what you're telling them at halftime, why you're making the change, and that they could execute it without necessarily having worked on it. Am I wrong? No, you need that, and I think this is where Jeremy Pruitt micromanages at times. I think he gets – his defense is complicated. It's a, it, Coach Max talked about this. It's not an easy defense to run for a college program. And he was running it well at Alabama and Georgia. It can be run well at Tennessee, too. But if guys are thinking too much and not moving and reacting, they don't know what they're doing. And then they overthink something, they make a dumb play. Doug Matthews has talked about this. There are times where you uh, – how does Doug say it? You sacrifice good for something else, just good enough. You're trying to be great, and you sacrifice what was just good enough. Sometimes you just got to line up and play. And you can't have guys before the ball snap searching around and looking at the sideline for the play and talking to the secondary. And sometimes you've got to be looking at the snap and be in a position where you know the defensive coverage and you just line up and play. And you're not sitting around second-guessing yourself. Too many times this year I saw Tennessee's defense in a hurry-up scenario where they have no clue what's going on. They are completely flat-footed when the ball snap. And they're sitting around looking at their teammates and trying to figure out what's going on. And that's overcoaching. Jeremy Pruitt knows football. You could hear it in that answer, right? Invade it pretty the guy's not a, there. The, the, he may only know football. That's the only thing that guy knows in life is about football. So he's not, he's not football illiterate or anything like that. But he's got to somehow get it to where he can communicate what he wants done to his players, and they have a full understanding of what's going on. And I think you need to simplify things in order for that to happen. I think the same can be said on offense, there. too. He conveyed it pretty simply there. He's got to be able to convey it in a simple, executable way at halftime to his players instead of having regrets about it after the fact. Well, well every coach has regrets after the fact about yeah, something. Yeah, and what he was saying was he was he thought about doing something at halftime and didn't. There was yeah. an adjustment he wanted to make he that they, he didn't. They discussed it so amongst he, the staff. Yeah, he didn't go in there and tell them what to do, and they didn't understand what oh, to do. He said, I second-guessed myself that we could have done this, and I didn't make that adjustment. I thought that was a terrific answer. It is a terrific answer. But I want him to make the adjustment. And that's what he's going to have to do. Look, they're going to open up next year, I think right now. I don't know if the schedule's fully out but because the SEC schedule's not out. But three non-conference games probably in the first three weeks or right around there. Yep. The, the, the Pittsburgh game in Knoxville, that's very similar to me to the BYU game. right? Which that's, is week two. Yeah, right? that's, that's one you're probably going to be you know, right around a field goal favorite, let's say. These are must-win games. You have to. You can't have 
another huge letdown, and you've got to win those games, and you've got to build some confidence. This is a program that's got a bit of an identity crisis right now, and it's a crisis of confidence at times with these players because of this season. So if Philip Fulmer decides to bring Jeremy Pruitt back, Jeremy Pruitt needs to go to Philip Fulmer and lay out just like that answer on vol calls. Here is exactly where we went wrong. Here is exactly where I went wrong. Here are the exact changes that need to be made on the staff. If he can convince Philip Fulmer that he knows where they went wrong this year and how they're going to improve, I'm okay with Philip Fulmer bringing him back. If he goes into this with a stubborn old high school ball coach, well, we're going to do this and this is what works and I'm not going to change one bit, I don't think that's the approach to this offseason, to next year. You're going to have to adjust. I think that's pretty clear right now with Jeremy Pruitt. Does he have the ability to adjust from what he's been doing? We'll find out in short order. And if he doesn't show Philip Fulmer that he can do that, then Tennessee should be looking for a new coach a this, this season. Amomentspeace.com slash zone is where you can find some great Christmas gift ideas, stocking stuffers. You can see the entire menu of options, their boutique specials, amomentspeace.com slash zone. You can also print off gift certificates of any increment and then give those as stocking stuffers or as holiday gifts for the office. Again, the website, amomentspeace.com slash zone. Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Coming up, John McClain on 104.5 The Zone.